You're listening to the FUVFC Podcast on WFUVSports.org. Hello, everybody. Welcome to FUVFC, WFUV's premier soccer podcast. And oh, by I premier, I mean, the on, I, I mean the only soccer podcast we have. My name's John Furlong. I'm joined by Rich Franco, only Rich Franco today. Rich, how are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing <laughs> great, John. I, I had a great, I had a great Easter. How was your, how was your Easter break? My, my Easter was fantastic. You know what's great? We don't have Christian here today because I, you know, Chelsea had a rough weekend. Spurs are cl- uh, creeping up Creep on him. Thank God, Christian isn't here this week. I will walk out of this video. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Christian Hoban is here. Christian, how are you, man? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is Chelsea's uh, soon-to-be demise. But. Interestingly, wearing your Philly Union shirt, even I was gonna, I was gonna comment on bottom that. of the Eastern Conference. Quite Winless. interestingly, Winless. Yeah, you know, it wouldn't be Philadelphia. Sports He's a loyal and terrible. Quite, yeah, quite interestingly. But yeah, anyway, we'll we'll get we'll get into that in a second. We'll, you were at the NYCFC Philadelphia game, being the NYCFC beat reporter. Bit of a conflict of interest there. We'll get into that later. But um, NYCFC. A 2-0 win over Philadelphia. We'll get into that in a second. You were talking about the incredible goal from David Villa, which it was an incredible goal. In my opinion, sometimes I think that halfway goals are kind of overrated. They can be a lot of the time they're the keeper's fault, but that was not the keeper's fault. That was that was just an incredible goal by an incredible it was per- player. It was perfect placement. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was an incredible goal by an incredible player. We'll get to that first, and then we'll move on to Champions League action from yesterday, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, what turned out to be really an incredible game. Incredible game for a neutral to watch who I am. I was kind of rooting for Bayern Munich. I like to see different teams win the Champions League, but I think, we'll talk about this later, but there are a lot of complaints about the refereeing and a lot of offside calls that weren't offsides. Rightfully so. And we'll get into that in a little bit. I think that, personally, I think that Real Madrid would have won anyway, but that's a discussion for that segment. We'll talk briefly about Leicester City, final final flag holder of England in the Champions League, knocked out, which everybody kind of expected. Everybody expected Atletico. They're just a better team on paper and on the pitch. Um, we'll get into the today's Champions League games. We'll kind of give our predictions for those. By the time we're recording it, the games are already underway. I believe they're in the 25th minute at this point. You said before the show that Monaco had a 1-0 lead over. It's now 2-0 lead. Falcao. Falcao. So that tie is just about over between Monaco and... Uh, Borussia Dortmund. Monaco's Monaco been an incredible team this season. Yeah, They've it's been five two. Five two on aggregate. Yeah, that tie that tie is absolutely over. And yeah. Dortmund come back three goals. You never know. No, absolutely not. No. Um they're not they're not Barcelona. They're not I was just gonna say they're not <laughs> Barcelona. Um where was I going with that? Oh, we've got to we've got to talk about the BPL. We've got to talk about Liverpool. We we've got to talk about Sunderland. We've got to talk about Crystal Palace. So many big storylines from this past. What? No, no, not at all. Come on now. I'm, We're not going to talk nothing. about them. I'm saying nothing. So we'll get. <laughs> let's, we'd talk t- about, let's talk about <laughs> Manchester City. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a whole ton of things to talk about in the BPL. As you know, we're we're we got a lot of BPL guys here, and we let, we love to talk about it. So we'll we'll get into that in our final segment. But we'll begin. As I previously mentioned, we'll talk. We'll, we'll start with NYCFC. Just what a goal from David Villa! I can't even. I, I'll just let you go, Christian, because you were there in person. So it, just go for it. It is absolutely a treat to watch David Villa in person. Even just that goal, I could I could never watch another soccer match in my life and just be happy having seen that goal. It was just incredible. But it was not just incredible because it was pure dominance for the whole ninety minutes, and then just to cap it off. In stoppage time, Union are dead. They're not coming back. <laughs> They're horrible. They're winless. As he they wears his Union shirt, they yeah, weren't. Really. They weren't going to get that goal back. They weren't going to get a p- steal a point from NYCFC. And then Via does that. It was just how tall was that keeper he lobbed? 
Uh, Andre Blake's a tall guy. I think he's about six four. Yeah, he's a really good yeah. keeper. Yeah, no, too. I know he's, he's not. He's, he's not the a Jamaican bad national team. Exactly. Yeah. I know he's he's. There are some suspect keepers in MLS. Let's right. be honest here. And but Blake that, isn't one of them. No, exactly. He's a solid keeper, and that was it was just perfect placement. It almost clipped the bar on the way in well, right over via, his hands. I can't, it was just incredible. Via tried that last year at the Yankee Stadium against Union. And he beat Blake, but he hit the crossbar. Um, so it's it, so, so he, tried he did, ended, up, ended up getting him this in time in Philadelphia and got him. Cause, yeah, because Blake does. I mean, he does. He's a young keeper. He's uh, prone to some mental mistakes, and he he stands a little far out. He likes to be able to get into the play with the uh, center backs uh, when they're passing around back there. So he stands a little farther out, and Via knew that, tried it last year, tried it again, and got him. You said a complete domination from NYCFC. I mean, yeah. they've been, you said it last week, they've been kind of up and down the season, obviously lost to D.C. United on April 8th is not what you want. That was a 2-1 loss. They came back from that loss, got a 2-0 win over Philadelphia. As we just mentioned, they got a tough game against Orlando coming up. They already lost to them 1-0 on the first day of the season. Christian, where's this team going from here? Is this is this going to be one of those games that rockets them forward? Is maybe settles them a little bit? I I don't think it propels them forward, but I think it does settle them. I think they were up and down and up and down, and just a dominating performance like that from whistle to whistle really just settles a team down. Jack Harrison got a nice goal, but the thing about Jack Harrison's goal was that it was a team goal. That like five or six guys got passes in the final third before Harrison finally got on the ball to finish it. I mean. They just needed that calming game. I mean, I know Union are terrible. I say that as I wear my Union shirt. <laughs> but they're they're terrible, and they it's nice to be able to go there and just be a better team for 90 minutes just to remind everybody on NYCFC that they are a talented side. They've got a good manager. They've got a great player up front in Villa, and that they, ca- they are capable of scoring goals, and they're capable of keeping clean sheets because they have trouble doing both at the same time. That playoff appearance looking like a real fluke last season for Philly Union. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't oh, it? yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. How did they – they eliminated, obviously, in the first round last year. Yeah, they they, they fell to Toronto in the first okay, round. Okay, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that's not Expect, like yeah. – Expect, Exactly. Yeah. Not yeah. like that's – not that, like that, there's anything wrong with no, that. No, it wasn't but It wasn't particularly embarrassing. Toronto ended up going to the MLS Cup final, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it, a very disappointing season for Philadelphia. NYCFC kind of – as you mentioned last week, they've been up and down. We'll see how they face up against Orlando, who seem to be one of the class teams in the MLS this yeah, season. They've got that new stadium. I don't even think Kaká's been playing recently, and they've still I, yeah, been a fantastic. He he's had a lot of injury problems. I mean, ever since his AC Milan, day, ever since his Real Madrid days started, he's had a ton and ton of injury injury problems. Unfortunately, because in his day, he was one of the he's the last player other than yeah. Ronaldo or Messi to win the Ballon d'Or, and that was, that was in two thousand two thousand seven two thousand seven. So the, the interesting thing about this uh, Orlando game is that they played Orlando opening week of the season in Orlando. They were opening a new stadium, so yeah. that's always that's gonna a, be a tough, always going to be a tough. And, game, but they yeah. hung in there. They only lost one nil. They hung in there for most of the game. And so I think after that victory against Union, where they just dominated, they're coming back home. They're playing in Yankee Stadium. Um, I'm going to be there again. It's going to be fun. Hey, there you go. Um, yeah. yeah, they're playing Sunday, one thirty, Yankee Stadium. I think it'll be interesting to it'll. I don't want to say it's going to determine how the rest of the season is going to go, but I think it can give us a preview because if they're capable of building on that win against Union, not I mean, like I said, a win against Union is not going to propel anyone anywhere. Yeah, it's not, it's not exactly a milestone. It's a, co- it's a confidence booster, but it is a confidence playing. booster, and if they can carry that into a game against a team that they already lost to this season, a very talented team that's doing very well, I think they can. I think they. I don't know that they will, but I think it's going to be interesting to see if they can. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Uh, to touch on the Red Bulls, we'll go across the river here real quick just to give a bit of a balanced uh, 
a, a balanced view on New York New York local soccer. Red Bulls. No, Red Bulls play in New Jersey. That's I, that's what I'm, I mean. New York metropolitan area. Everyone who's a the Jets and Giants play in New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. So they, no one says they're the no one says they're the New, New Jersey blue, team. Guys. Okay. All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying to say anything. I'm trying to be completely impartial here. You're throwing all this at me. Jeez. But anyway, Red Bulls seem to be having that season that they always have. They're consistent. They're they're right in the middle of the pack. They might move their way up towards the top of the pack in the later half of the season. They beat DC United 2-0 last weekend. Lost to Orlando 1-0, and then they lost to Houston 4-1, and then drew with Real Salt Lake 0-0. So a bit of a, not a great run of form recently, but they're still right towards the top of the Eastern Conference. That's what's going on on the other side of the river. Let's move all the way to the other side of the country. Or excuse me, not the country, all the way to across, the other side, across the pond, across the, across pond, the pond. Absolutely, we got to talk I about. I thought you were really setting up there for a nice uh, water-based pun, and you just messed it up. I know. I got distracted. Someone it was happening over your shoulder, Rich. Someone was trying to get my attention, so I got distracted. I completely no excuses. Botched it. No excuses. Anyway, across the across the pond, we'll talk about the game that happened in Madrid yesterday. Real Madrid, I believe they won six four on aggregate. Was the score six three on aggregate? Six three on aggregate. Four two. Four two yesterday. <laughs> 2-1 going into extra time, obviously, so the both both legs were 2-1, so that's why um that's why it had time. to be. Yeah, it had to be extra time. Um So boys, let's get right into it. Six four, excuse me, six three on aggregate, as we just mentioned. Thoughts on a lot of referee and controversy. I know the Vidal red card was debatable at 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 its at its least. And then there are a couple offside calls, maybe against Ronaldo. Twice he might have been offsides. Christian, go ahead. I mean, your thoughts on this one. If you're behind the second to last <laughs> defender, you're offside, right? He was he was that. He was offside. There's not there's no de- I mean there's no debate. But let's in, in in the in the first goal, yes. There's that, there's, there's there's debate about like whether Madrid would have won the game anyway. But I think that's an entirely separate debate. He was offside twice and scored two goals and they won. And I think that's that's pretty clear cut. I want to go back because, first of all, the the change in this game came from the the Vidal's second yellow. Yeah, yeah. I when I saw the play, it was shocking to see the official hand out the second yellow, give him the straight, give him the red, because, and I and I hate to sit here and say like a game is being decided by an official, and especially like a game like Bayern and Real Madrid that's turning into a classic game, and have Vidal sent off. That's when Real kind of like got the momentum, I, although it was back and forth, and they took that into into extra time. The first goal in extra time by Ronaldo was definitely offsides. Yeah. The second one, I'd say, is debatable because he was very close. The officials on the other, the linesmen's on the other side, and he can't really see if they're perfectly perpendicular to each other. They, like, like he doesn't know. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't necessarily blame the assistant referee for that call. I mean, it's a really tough call to make. I mean, if you if you look at it, he was on the second goal, but I do understand why it wasn't called and why that's a difficult call to make. But the first goal is inexcusable. Quite honestly, guys, I really think the Real Madrid was the better team. I mean, that's a hard task for Bayern having to go into the Estadio Mostala down 2-1 on aggregate. I mean, that's that's always going to be a tough t- and they gave it a good run. I mean, they, they got really that did. I mean, Lewandowski with the penalty, obviously, and then that bizarre own goal from Sergio Ramos right after Ronaldo had scored. That was just that was bizarre, and came you don't out see th- that from Sergio Ramos. No, I, I mean, 
I said it yesterday Clutch on Twitter. Clutch Sergio Ramos. I know, for, for <laughs> both teams. I, I feel like Sergio Ramos is one of the more overrated, def- pure defenders in the world. I feel like he's he's a little overrated when it comes to that. He's a great leader, and yeah, he scores some great goals. He scores some really clutch goals. But as a defender, he can be real, real shaky sometimes, and a lot of people... Um, a lot of people view him as like the greatest straight up defender in the world, and I just don't think yeah, that's accurate. I, I, I think I that do, would go to like a, def- a player like Mats Hummels or yeah. Jerome Boateng he, or something your lo- like that. He's not your lockdown defender. No, like, absolutely no, not. Right, but he. I mean, he does. He does get a lot of uh, deserved credit. I mean, obviously with a lot of the goals he scores uh, for both Madrid and Bayern. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think yeah, <laughs> for both Madrid and Bayern. Yeah, I Cristiano Ronaldo, man. I mean, he he when he is on, he is. Absolutely unstoppable, and it came, it came out yesterday. It came out today right. that Manuel Neuer had played this game on a broken foot. I mean, that's just absolutely incredible. He's going to be out for the rest of the season for a Bayern. Not that it really matters because yeah. the, the they, only they, challenge they that the title, the only challenge every season for them is winning the Champions League. So now they right. can just throw yeah. their back. I don't even know who their backup goalkeeper is. He's, that's got to be the easiest job in sports behind Manuel Neuer. But and yeah. and the backline of Bayern as well. Yeah, oh god, exactly, absolutely. I mean, that's that's got to be such an, an an easy job. But yeah, they've got the German Cup. They've got a, a, a class uh, Der Klassiker. I think I pronounced pronounced that right against probably not. Uh, but... Probably I, I tried against Dortmund on. This weekend, I believe. So that's their that's one of their main matches left in this season, and then it's basically just the run into when they most likely win the title. Because RB Leipzig, they gave them a challenge early on in the season, but they, it, they've, they slipped up. I mean, they did. They were they're a great they're a great team, especially for the Bundesliga. Timo and, Werner is a is a future superstar. He's yeah, fantastic. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's gonna be great to see him in the Champions League next year. Oh, absolutely! You know, they, a lot of a lot of German fans don't like them because of the whole corporate ownership and everything like that. And they found all these loopholes to work through that corporate ownership. Watched a great, not necessarily a, like a feature piece on them the other day. How why exactly German fans hate them? And it was very well done. It gave me a lot of a good insight because I was really confused. I know, I know that like. Red Bull and like whatever, and I mean they're not technically supposed to be named Red Bull, but they're still named RB. It's 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 a whole thing. And if you if you have time, go out and, and watch it. I think it was done by Vice Sports. They do a, they do a, a few good things out there. But anyway, we'll talk about the BPL now. We'll we'll move over. I, I first want to mention one quick thing. Okay. Uh, thanks to Xabi Alonso and Philip Lahm, who will n- not play another Champions yeah, League game. Unfortunately, yeah, no, that's yeah. that's a great that's a great way to end the segment because two legends of the game right there. I mean, yeah. Philip Lahm, World Cup winner, World Cup winning captain, Xabi Alonso hasn't received a red card in his career. Wow, yeah, that's a that's a really that's, incredible stat. That's crazy. Yeah, that's an incredible stat. World I Cup. I didn't win- even know that. Yeah, wow. World Cup winning captain Xabi Alonso, uh, forever walking around with uh, Nigel De Jong's boot imprinted on his <laughs> chest from that 2010 World Cup, but still an absolute yeah. legend. I mean, that's been. It's he he's had an incredible career from the, his his days back at Liverpool. A lot of people forget oh, yeah. that he was an absolute star at Liverpool. Him and Mascherano. I mean, that just shows you how great of a club Liverpool was in the past and that that Champions League. I'm not exactly sure if Mascherano was on the team that won the Champions League. We've got Luke here. Was he on that team that won the Champions League that year? Yeah, Luke Fior, the new little. I guess we'll call him an intern for this podcast. <laughs> he's, he's here providing our Liverpool information. But anyway. We'll move on. And what, actually, one final thing, Leicester bowing out of the Champions League. I would like to see Atletico Madrid win, finally. I mean, so do I. Yeah, they deserve I agree. it. I agree. The, way, the way they lost last year was just so gut-wrenching. I mean, that wasn't even Madrid's best season, and they still were able to, to win the Champions League like that. I really hope Griezmann, I, I really hope for Griezmann's sake he's able to win. Um, just that whole team in general. I mean, Juan Fran missing that penalty last year. He was so distraught and Diego, by Diego it. Simeon, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. everybody on that everyone, team. Everyone on Atletico, they, they deserve their Champions League. They've been... This is their third straight semifinal yeah. in the past. Well, three of the last four years. Yeah, 
So they deserve it. Yeah, I will be. I will absolutely be cheering for them the rest of the way. It's probably going to be Monaco, them, Real Madrid, and most likely Juventus. If Barcelona comes back, we will not say anything about that. The game's going on currently. (laughs) I'm not going to curse it or anything like that. Anything can happen, as we saw against them with them and PSG. All right. The BPL time, boys. Here we go. This is the segment we've all been waiting for. This is the section that Christian has been waiting for. <laughs> We're all rubbing our hands together. We're all ready to talk. I'll say this to start. As a Chelsea fan and watching that game, I had a bit of a bad feeling going into it. I, t- I texted Christian. I texted you on Friday or Saturday and said, listen, like this is – I'm telling you right now. they're gonna. It's If they get a draw, I will be perfectly fine with that. I really don't think they're going to win. Going into Old Trafford – in a, in a Sunday game when Chelsea's form hasn't been that great recently, I, I, I just had a bad feeling going into it. And you know Mourinho, as, yeah. much as, as much as he's been off recently, as much as he only has like 38% winning percentage at Old Trafford, He's a great manager, and he knows and how he to. Knows he can't, he, there's no way he knows that squad, and, and he also wa- he wanted to. He wanted to get his vengeance from that four 0 thrashing at Stamford, and Bridge. that one 0 loss in in the FA Cup that people forget. That was a stout. Manchester United has already lost twice to that to Chelsea this season, and there was no way a manager of Jose Mourinho's caliber. I'll say it, Jose Mourinho is still one of the best managers in the world, not up there with with let's say Zidane right now, but he's still one of the great managers out there. And what he did by it's clear that Chelsea went out there ready to to stop Ibrahimovic. And when the lineups came out, everybody, free, all the United fans freaked out. And I saw the lineup and I was like, oh boy, I don't think we're ready for two up top and pace. I don't think, because that's exactly how Spurs beat us 2-0. Like that's... The 3-5-2? It, it's, it's an issue yeah. for us. Like they, I knew back when in the middle of that 13-game run, I knew somebody was going to figure out a way. I mean, there was one game where Everton tried to go 3-4-3 to match up with us, and they got smacked 5-0. And I was like, somebody is going to figure out a way, sooner rather than later, a way to beat this system. And Spurs were the first ones to kind of crack it. But man, oh man, we didn't have a shot on target in the entire game. Hazard was in Herrera's pocket the entire game. I'll I'll be the first to say it. Hazard's my favorite player, but he was was an an absolute no-show. The couple of the goals, I mean, Rashford, the first goal was incredibly well taken. All the credit con- in the world con- to him. Controversial on Herrera winning the ball, but it was a fantastic pass. <sighs> it's a real 50 50 ball. Yeah, it's hit or yeah. miss. It's, yeah. it's, you, I mean, it hit you, his hand, but. You get those bounces sometimes. Yeah. It's just the referee's opinion. That's how it goes in sports sometimes. Sometimes you need a decision to go your way, yeah. sometimes it doesn't go your way. That's life. That's how it is. You can't get stuck on referees' decisions. That's that's right. a loser attitude. You can't you can't get stuck on those decisions because then you're, then you're clutching at straws. You, you, you're going at something you can't fix, and that's. That's that's the issue of that. I really feel like John's trying to filibuster this. Yeah. Like I, really I am. To, he, like, no, he wants to avoid. I had a lot of these thoughts. I was sitting there just boiling mad at 1 p.m. on Sunday. I was just sitting there on my couch, like, oh my god, I can't wait for the pod on Wednesday. I need to get everything out. <laughs> but I'll I'll finish up. I, I was just about to say. I know I'm kind of monopolizing the discussion here, but this is. I I did have a lot to say about this. Mourinho did an incredible job of nullifying Chelsea's 3-5-2. Diego Costa's ridiculously out of form. He needs, he needs, something needs to be switched up top because he's not doing well. Maybe playing, I don't think you can play Batshuayi in the FA Cup semi. Maybe you play him in their next game against, I think they play Southampton on the road next. I th- Maybe you play him there, but something's got to change up top. You've got to put some, something different up there. Hazard played up top one game and they won 3-0. So maybe put him up top. 
I don't know what I don't know what they're going to do, but something needs to change because Diego Costa just isn't getting it done. And the Marcus Alonso injury, it really, it, anyone who wants to say anything about Marcus Alonso, about him not playing, not being good enough for Chelsea, needs to stop because you saw what happened oh, yeah. when he was gone. Zuma oh, yeah. looked lost. I'm very he, disappointed. T- in, totally I am lost. really, really disappointed in Zuma. Maybe he wasn't really mentally prepared, not not being on this on this on the. Um, not being in the starting lineup coming into the day and then having to jump in that quickly, but he looked. I was ve- I was very very Rashford, happy. Rashford was excellent though. No, uh, I know. I will say Rashford played very well alongside Jesse Lingard. Yeah, they the speed up top was definitely trouble for for Chelsea. So I I don't want to put it all on Zuma, but I'll say this one last thing: David Luiz looked like 2011 David Luiz again. He was way too aggressive off the ball. He was moving into midfield. There wasn't enough cover. I mean, the only player. Who deserves above a seven in a match rating is Conte, and that's how yeah, it always is. And thank it, yeah, God well. for him. I, he needs to. If he doesn't win PFA Player of the Year this year, that that he joke, is. he he, he better because he is the absolute MVP, best player in this entire league, bar none. Because without him, Matic, Matic and him don't work together. It needs to be Fabregas and him in the middle because Matic has been ever since he got that red card against Burnley two seasons ago. He has never been the same player. He was fantastic for Chelsea before that, but ever since he got that red card after like not even I don't even know what it was. He had this fit of rage and just basically just put his studs through the back of a, a Burnley player's leg. Got sent off, and he's never been the same player since. It's it's bizarre, but anyway. I've done enough talking. That's all I wanted to say. I talked for about four minutes straight there. I'm sorry, everybody. Christian, this is your time to shine. Go for it. I, I'd first like to say that I don't know that uh, Conte is bar none the best player in the league. I can think of a 21-year-old with 16 goals and five assists from uh, in league play this year who might come knocking on that door. No, Deli Alley's a good player. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, man, I just feel so good. Since February 23rd, February 23rd, Spurs were eliminated from Europe, uh, from the Europa League. They have won eight games in a row by a combined score of twenty-eight to four. Yeah, that's that's superb play. They're basically going on the same run that Chelsea did in from October to January is right. what's happening right now. And, and I don't, Spurs, I, Chelsea are kind of slipping up right now, and it's 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 it's, it's becoming a perfect yeah, storm. Yeah, it really about, is. About a month ago, we all we're all sitting here saying it was Chelsea, a month ago. It whoa, was whoa, a whoa, whoa, whoa! I did not say anything about Chelsea. I did not say anything about Chelsea. Lead. What's that? A month ago, the gap between Chelsea and Spurs was 13 points. Spurs weren't even in second. No, I'm aware. Yeah. I know. I know that so, Spurs have been fantastic recently. I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I, and, They've been but amazing. I still, but we th- said I still think Spurs are going to fall short. Yeah, well, absolutely. Yeah, Chelsea look good. They, I I still think Spurs are going to fall short, but I also don't think that Spurs are going to drop points the rest of the season. <sighs> I think there's. I th- I do think their schedule's favorable. I know um, we've talked about this before. How they do have uh, tough matches with Arsenal. And United coming up. But those are the last but two games at White Hart Lane. The last two games at White Hart Lane. He's, he's got a it's very good point. It's the last North London derby at White Hart Lane. If Spurs win that less than four 0 it's going to be shocking to me. And Arsenal and then have slipped up. Arsenal, yes. Arsenal, Arsenal are not a very good team. Are not a very good team right now. And United are a very good team, but that's the last game at White Hart Lane. I mean, that maybe at a hundred and thirty year old stadium. You're looking at at least a draw there. Yeah. I, re- I at, highly, at highly doubt they're going to get. A, they're going to lose and that then, game. And then highly Spurs, doubt it. Spurs other fixtures are Crystal Palace, West Ham, Leicester, and don't Hull. sleep on Crystal. Palace. I, that's, I mean, that's as a, the one that as scares a Chelsea me. fan, that's the one that scares me. Crystal and as a Palace Liverpool the fan, <laughs> as a, Luke, as a Liverpool fan, Crystal Palace still on the road crying is himself the one. to sleep over three years ago. <laughs> Crystal Palace on the road is the one that scares me. Yeah, um, but outside of that, I think it's a it's a favorable. Going to Selhurst uh, Park is never never easy. It's playing never against easy. if you're a London team playing against Crystal Palace, if you're any big team playing against yeah. Crystal Palace, they always seem to be a bogey team yeah. for for the big six. I mean, they always always been a problem. They've always, always been a, been problem. a pest. I mean, yeah. I, I think. 
I agree with you. I think that they will come up short. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out two points. I think it's going to be a two-point win at the end of the season for Chelsea. I do think that both teams are going to drop a lot of points, though. I really think that Chelsea will drop at least four more points. I think they're going to they're going to get hit with another loss, and they're going to get hit with a draw. I think that that's what they're going to be in the run-up, and I think Spurs are going to be about— I think they're going to—two draws instead of wins. I'll give I'll give them a draw in the, in the Crystal Palace game, and I'll give them a, a draw in the United game. and I, I, That ends up being two points at the end of the season. I, I really disagree with you that Spurs— I mean, they've they've played fantastic, but it's so so hard with all the pressure on them. And let's 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 look at it from a historical perspective. Spurs have a tendency to bottle it in clutch situations. This isn't the I mean, same team. Though. No, yeah. look at last season. Look at what happened last season when they had to go to the bridge to to keep their title hopes alive, and they absolutely choked away a two 0 lead and really should have lost. The, not that it mattered in the long run, but they should have lost that game. They should have had about four players sent off in that game. Is what is what should have well, happened. They, they lost their composure, but I think that was because it's basically I, the but, same team. But it's basically the same team. But I think it's a very different scenario because Leicester was such a Cinderella story and everybody and their mother was rooting against Tottenham and it was just like a lot of pressure for such a young team but now, but now Spurs are people, chasing yeah, Chelsea more people, people are, are okay. behind Spurs I mean now that they weren't chasing them last no, season right yeah. right but like and another year of experience too another year they, of experience they've, they've been in this position before it's not so much as keeping their title hopes alive they're four points behind with six games yeah. remaining no absolutely I yeah. think and the upcoming FA Cup match is, is going to be huge. Oh, boy, that's going to be I'm huge. Gl- I'm this... glad you brought that up because let's talk about that FA Cup, which is a huge, I mean, first and second in the league at this stage in the season in a cup semifinal is exactly what you want if you're the FA. I mean, if, yeah. if you're football, that's exactly what you want. Yeah. This is this is going to be one of the best games of the season. I hope it's not going to be like some nil-nil, 120-minute draw. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> that'd be, be an absolute. I, I really don't think so because these two teams are just so, they have such attacking flair, and neither team, right. I mean, Spurs are very good defensively, but... Chelsea have shown they can broke, break them down, as evidenced by that two-one win at the Bridge back in Nova, back on Thanksgiving weekend. But man, oh man, I I saw this game about a month ago, and I'm just like, oh man, that's going to be a real, real fun game because it what what's not to like about this game? First and second in the league, two of the two the two best teams in the league in April at the greatest stadium in the country i mean what's what what's not to like it's gonna be an incredible it's gonna be an absolutely incredible game i'm so excited i i i don't even know what to say it's just so exciting and i the the one thing i do hope is that um the managers take it as seriously as everybody else and that they both have midweek matches in the league right after the fa cup semi and i hope that they're not looking forward to that and drop somebody from the lineup i hope it's two full strength lineups and they can worry about rotation in the mid in the midweek matches, it, it, it's very rough to see like like the scheduling conflicts and stuff like that because you want to see an FA Cup match played with Tottenham's best players. You want to see Chelsea's best best. And I absolutely there. think that both and both managers would go for it. It's, it's not in their nature. It's not in Conte's nature. I'll say it's that. It's not yeah. in Pochettino's nature either. I mean, well, but, let's, well, he, let's he, look he, at he did, he did with he did with Europe last season and but, this season. Well, this season Spurs flailed out of Europe because they were playing their home <laughs> matches at Wembley and they weren't used to it and. Whatever. Excuses, excuses. Anyway, and keep going. got that red card. Whatever. Whatever. So, with, I I hope Tottenham puts out their best their best lineup because going this could sh- really sh- tilt the title race because Tottenham could kind of crush Chelsea here with you know coming off that two 0 loss at Man United, and then coming into the FA Cup final against uh, semi final against Tottenham who are chasing them they're only four points behind. 
Spurs can really take this momentum here and be like, we can do this. Yeah, a loss, right. a loss here would be killer. I really, I really believe that. I think the, the, what what you can say about this Chelsea squad is they've been resilient. I mean, every time they have lost a game or played very, very poorly, they have rebounded, as evidenced by that two 0 loss to Tottenham. They bounced right back with a win in their next game. But here's my thing about the FA Cup this season. I think that when it comes down to it, this game, I feel like this game means more to Spurs than it does Chelsea because if we end if Chelsea ends up winning this game but does end up losing the league the FA Cup is worthless no one will care it, it, everyone will remember Chelsea for blowing the league title and yeah the FA Cup I mean even if we even if you do win the FA Cup final Chelsea would if they lose it that would just be an absolute disaster losing the FA Cup and the and the league in the in in the same season but it was a great Spurs DVD, though. Oh, I God, think yeah, I think really. I think honestly, the most fitting end to this season would be if Spurs took the FA Cup and Chelsea took the league. Both the two, the two best te- the two best teams, bar none. In I England. want the double though. Are you kidding me? They'd I mean, I, I want the double too. But yeah. <laughs> I can't think, always get what you want. I think I the most fitting end would be Chelsea take the league. They maybe Spurs drop some points in the last few weeks, and Chelsea. Sneak, uh, Spurs need a trophy. Let's be out. honest. It's been yeah, eight. It's been nine trophy. years and it, it's since been, they beat Chelsea in the League Cup final back in 08. It's been a while, and this team's so talented. And I don't want to say that they deserve a trophy, but they des- they they deserve something. They deserve for something. How incredible they've been over the last month and a half. Abs- Just no, absolutely outstanding I, I on both ends. Up front, Deli Alley's been incredible, and they survived Harry Kane being out for a month. With a bunch of goals from all over the place, Alderweireld's the best defender in the league. They deserve something. Who is who is the Tottenham captain? Is it Lloris? Lloris. Okay, Lloris. He would he's be, the French captain yeah. too. He would be lifting the trophy. That'd be yeah. weird. Yeah, I always feel like it's weird when a goalkeeper yeah. lifts the trophy. It's, well, he well, he's a very deserving. No, he's, he's Iker yeah. Casillas. No, he's a very. No, that is true because that, he's Iker Casillas. I mean, he'd been he'd been one of the world's best keepers for years. Hugo Lloris is also the oldest guy on that team by like twenty years. So okay, no, that's also <laughs> that's also true. That he's a deserving captain. Fair enough. All right, thank you very much, everybody. We've got a a very, very packed show today. Rich Franco and Christian Hoban with me for this one, and we will see you next week. I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about.